from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Draymond got ejected. The Warriors lost. And now it feels like there's total chaos around Golden State's postseason. What? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, it's deja vu. We've seen this before. We're sitting here with Draymond Green, who, whether it's because of the action or the reputation or a little bit of both, uh, for anyone that didn't see it last night in the fourth quarter uh, of the game against Sacramento, uh, Sabonis falls down and grabs his ankle. He, It's not the first time that's happened. It definitely happened in game one, too. Uh, I, I saw it happen in game one also, and I thought it was funny that it didn't get called in the moment. But Sabonis uh, takes a good handful of the ankle, and Draymond needs to release himself from it. So he pulls away. But then he essentially uses Sabonis as like a, a jumping, I don't know, like a, a, a what do we Trampoline. Like? A trampoline? We'll call it a trampoline. Yeah, uses him like a trampoline. Like a kickstep. It's like just a little, little kickstep. Need, need to get going. Which resulted in x-rays and drama, but it also resulted importantly in the ejection of Draymond Green, and now we wait. We don't know the word yet. Uh, We do know at this point that Adam Silver has been at a conference. He's very busy, apparently, and he said that they uh, they will further evaluate this throughout the course of the day. So we don't have an answer yet on whether there's a suspension coming, but we do have an answer on chaos because we got it last night. Once Draymond was out of this game, this game went off the rails for the Warriors. Adam Silver Little nugget from me. Do not uh, suspend Draymond Green. I just don't think it's to that level. Um, What he did was wrong. Also, what Sabonis did was wrong. But I don't don't want to be watching this next game, game three of this series, without Draymond Green on the floor. Uh, Let me say that first. Uh, But from Draymond's perspective, you have to make sure you do not put yourself in any more situations like this because it obviously hurts your team. You look at the numbers – um, at the seven-minute mark when Draymond went out, when he, was, when he was ejected before that, you know, the Kings only had eight points. They were three for eight for the field. 38% is what they shot, three rebounds. After that, 23 points is what the Kings scored. They were 10 for 15 from the field, shot 67% and seven rebounds. He is so valuable to their basketball team in a spot in which they have not shined this season, Fits on the defensive end. So if you have a guy like Draymond, who is a defensive player, that's what he is first. He's a defensive stopper. I understand he initiates offense on the other end, but he's not a scorer. He's a defensive guy. You have to be on the floor. Otherwise, you're hurting your basketball team and putting them in compromisable situations. You cannot have that. I know Steve Kerr understands that you cannot have that. But for Draymond, he has to start understanding how valuable he is to his teams. And I understand he probably knows that. But it's just another level that you have to take it in at so you don't hurt your team in those regards. Adam Silver, listen to me. You need to suspend Graymont. Get the hell out of here. There's no way around this. (laughs) It's not your fault to worry about this series going seven games because that's what we want. It's your problem right now to deal with somebody stomping on somebody on the floor and then walking around and egging the whole crowd on somebody that's done this before. Somebody that you've sent to the principal office enough times to look at him and be like, now, Draymond, you can't do that again. Okay, I hear you. Then you do it again. Now, Draymond, you can't do that again. And then I hear you and you do it again. How many times can you let things like this happen? And at 
at some point, Draymond has to know. It's Draymond's job to know that action has consequence. It's not Adam Silver's job to reteach that lesson to a grown-ass man that can't control <laughs> his emotions in the moment when he needs to control his emotions. I, I, you can't let that stomp go un, unstompified. That's a new word I'm making up. Well, you can't just take away the stomp. Can I say the part that really bothered me the most is that, you know, Sabonis had to go in there for X-ray. First of all, he finished playing the game. He played the Warrior. He played the game <laughs> and had to get X-rays on his sternum. <laughs> right? So, but it's brilliant by Sabonis. It's also brilliant by the Sacramento Kings because if I'm them, I'll do any and everything to make sure I have the winning edge and the competitive edge to beat the Golden State Warriors. I just think it was a bit excessive. A little too much for my liking. You know, those us football players and, you know, basketball players, we're different breeds, man. We're different breeds uh, by a long shot. I, I think there has to be, you know, some element, though. You know, maybe he played through such substantial pain that we have to respect his ability to put that all aside and still be a contributor <laughs> on the court. Devin, what, 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 what do we got? Listen, if we're all about the content, the, the podcast that Draymond Green would record, if he got suspended, it would be absolute fire. Okay. See, we get. Yeah, I I prefer my content to be on the basketball court. Like I'm one of the few in. I'm it, just saying, if he plays or if he doesn't play, we're gonna get content out of it. Well, we always get content out of Draymond. But, but, but as as a viewer, though, Devin, as a viewer, you want to see Game Three without Draymond no, out there on the no, court. No, I definitely want to see but him. That's, on that's the what court. I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, like, that. where's the line on that? At some point, the rules are the rules. The, the foul was not as uh, egregious <laughs> on Sabonis, according to the refs in the moment, right? So like, yeah, okay. I mean, Someone grabbing another player's ankle. I mean, Come on, what, they, what they weren't the same level of it wasn't the same call. Like the refs made the decision in the moment in the NBA. They didn't care about that. Like, I mean, I want to see everybody play everybody, too. But, it, you know, at, at the end of the day tonight, if John Morant walks out with one bad hand and slaps LeBron in the face, he's probably going to get punished for it. Not my fault. Like, it's not my <laughs> fault that Draymond can't stay on the court. Like, you just got to not step on people. And the other part I, of it I is I can't like, believe you right now. I cannot he, believe he you. He pulled his foot out. His foot was fine at that point, And then he made the conscious decision to just like walk on somebody. I mean, that, is, that you've got to address that. Draymond has to go get x-rays to make sure his foot okay. His foot is, is, is okay. He has to go get x-rays in an MRI to make sure is that, his foot is okay. Is that what he was loudly explaining to the crowd that Adam Silver was sitting in while he was basically mother effing every single well, one of those Well, loudly fans? and very aggressively. Okay. Yes. Okay. Loudly <laughs> and aggressively. I think all of this comes back to the fact that we've seen it before, which is something that Jay Williams, host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max, said this morning on Get Up. Draymond Green needs to be in this game. And I'll ask a bigger question because he got ejected last night, okay? Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether you think it's right or not, how many times do you need Draymond Green to put himself in this situation? Where is his self-awareness from a guy that defensively needs to be on the court? Because what I watched happen at the end of that game when Kevon Looney was in drop coverage, he got roasted by De'Aaron Fox. So at some point, regardless of whether you think it was right or wrong, you have to look at Draymond and say, if you're Joe Lacob, how much longer can I take this? What Jay Will just said, I'm going to say this right here, Fitz. Oh, my Lord. Yay. Kayvon Looney was in a horrible situation trying to guard De'Aaron Fox off those pick and rolls. He had no choice but to be in drop coverage, right? But that's not the position that he wants to be in. That's also not the position Draymond Green needs to put his teammates in as well. So I agree. I agree with what Jay Will just said. You know, Draymond can, can, cannot, cannot put himself in those situations and hurt his basketball team. If Adam Silver suspends Draymond, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think it's a shame to this series. You know what I mean? Like, I think it sucks for this series. But 
If you if you if you do this in your dream on, you got to know that it's coming for you. You you have to know, like you had to know there were certain times when you were on the field that you were like, I'm across that line, but I feel like I got you know well, what I mean. You know what? Can 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 I bring up a situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2012 NFC Championship game. It's the drive that we're on to go try to win the game, right? And I made like I think I made like two catches in a row, and the slot defender actually grabbed my ankle, was trying to twist it up, and I actually. Gave him a nice little kick. <laughs> and Matt Ryan came to me and was like, dude, you can't, I'm surprised he didn't throw a flag because it was definitely flaggable. But Matt Ryan was like, hey, man, we can't have that. We can't have that. But it was just, you know, in the heat of the moment, someone trying to hurt me and twist my ankle. So I kicked him a little bit. And, and the thing is, that would have been a penalty had they seen it. It would have been, been, hor- pe- been a horrible one, It too. would have been a penalty on you horrible. and not on the guy that was twisting your ankle right or wrong. I'm just saying. Well, the, the, the ref actually... You know what? I t- he did see it because he came back and he was like, "Nope, both guys are wrong. You kicked him, but you grabbed his ankle." So he did say that, mm, but mm. he could have he could have easily threw the flag on me. Well, easy. The, he could have easily threw the flag on me. The NBA will make a statement today. When they do make that statement, we'll make sure that you're informed on it. We'll keep you updated on everything you need to know. We've got a lot of debating to do. Do not suspend Draymond Green, Adam Silver. That's the last time I'm gonna say it. Well, good. That means I got the chance to say, do suspend him, and you can't clap back because you said it's the last time I'm going to say it. (laughs) The only mock draft that really matters is about to be unveiled. It's different. It's better. It's wild. It's crazy. And it's only available right here. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The 2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station, it all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station, it all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. That's right. Every single pick of the NFL Draft will get you covered. You can also watch us on all the digital platforms. Harry Douglas and I will be there. And we're getting a little practice. And now I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, why are we getting practice in? Because this is the single greatest mock draft in the history of all mock drafts. Why? Because we're using experts. We're using experts that know each individual team along the way to have some fun. Here's the basic principle. We are going to go through every single pick in the first round of the NFL draft. But no, it's not going to be me making the pick. It's not going to be Harry making the pick. It's going to be experts from and around each organization making the picks as we go. Harry Douglas, are you ready for the fun? Let's do this. We will give the expert pick, and then we will give some analysis on the other side of it. Play the chimes, Devin. Carolina Panthers are on the clock, and that means we have ESPN NFL Nation Panthers reporter David Newton with the pick. David, what's up? With the first pick of the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Bryce Young goes off the board, number one, Alabama quarterback, top prospect to most. Harry, what do you think? 
I think this is the best pick for the Carolina Panthers. The infrastructure is there, but you talk about a guy in Bryce Young who might not be the ideal size, but he has all the intangibles, can beat you from the pocket, can beat you outside of the pocket, can improvise if you're down a score and you need a guy to make a play to make sure that you do it 1,000%. Bryce Young is your guy. Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young. Great pick by the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young's incredible. I just like my quarterbacks to be bigger than Field Yates. I'm just saying, this is what David Newton had to say about the why for the Panthers. The Panthers traded up from number nine to have a shot at Young, and nothing changed during the process to change their mind. Would they prefer him to be five inches taller like Ohio State C.J. Stroud? Definitely. But height aside, Young fits everything that new coach Frank Wright wants the face of the organization to look like, taught by leadership and an amazing ability to process. General Manager Scott Fitterer told me at Young's Pro Day that Young's ability to process is off the charts. That should enable Young to start right away behind a veteran offensive line and surrounding skill players. But what stood out most during this process was something Fitterer said early. He said, Young, he's chill. Nothing's too big for him. And in the end, Young's size wasn't too small for Carolina. Oh, look at that line from <laughs> Newton. Let's find out what our expert Mel Kuyper Jr. thinks of Bryce Young. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Great processor, advanced knowledge of the passing game, team leader, pinpoint accuracy, elite instincts and pocket awareness. Tough, tough kid. The issue with Bryce Young is size. Can he hold up physically at the pro level? He's only 5'10 and a quarter and a manufactured 204 pounds. And more importantly, what will that weight be during the long NFL season? Can he hold it 204? We'll be back at about 185, which is what he played at at Alabama. My only concern with Bryce Young is the lack of size. He's the smallest quarterback in the history of the common draft to go in the first round. So Bryce Young is off the board on the Fitz and Harry mock draft, and that means that it is time for the Houston Texans on the clock. God, I love the chimes. To make the pick for the Houston Texans, pro football writing legend John McClain at gallerysports.com giving us the pick. John, what do you got? With the second pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Houston Texans select Will Anderson Jr., defensive end, Alabama. Mel Kuyper Jr. Player profile. From a character standpoint, a work ethic standpoint, he is A++. Gives you everything he has. He's super dedicated. Team leader. Exceptional hand usage. Impacts the run game and the pass game with his ability to get after the quarterback. Now, he's not as explosive with that first step. Doesn't have the bend of a Von Miller or a Miles Garrett. But this is the kind of guy you want on your football team. All right, Harry, we just talked to him on this show. Check it out in the podcast if you missed it. What do you think of Will Anderson Jr.? Well, a guy that's going to fit in well with D'Amico Ryans and the system that he's going to want to run there in Houston. He's a defensive head coach, so this pick is not surprising in my eyes. A guy that had 34 and a half sacks the last three years, had 27 and a half the last two years. A guy I actually thought should have been invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony the same year that Bryce Young won it because he led the nation in sacks and tackles for loss. So this is a phenomenal pick for the Houston Texans. Let's move it along. Another quick nugget, five passes defended in his career. My guy can also cover if he has to. He's that stinking athletic. All right, <laughs> next up, we now have the third pick in the draft. The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. That means John Gamadoro from Gambo and Burns on Arizona Sports 98-7 makes the pick, and this is that. With the third pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry Mock draft, the Arizona Cardinals select edge rusher Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. 
When you look at Tyree Wilson, gifted athlete with super long arms, shows power and closing speed. What I liked is he was versatile. They even dropped him into coverage. More of them I would have preferred. I want this kid getting after the quarterback. He's a little inconsistent, not always as dominant as I would have preferred. Then he had that broken bone in his foot in November, had surgery. He's coming back from that, but as a pass rusher with the ability, he looks the part. A defensive line coach is going to look at Tyree Wilson and say, hey, give me this kid. I can coach him into being a sack artist in the NFL. All right, Harry, what do you think? Tyree Wilson is the third pick in the draft. I like it. You look at the Arizona Cardinals. They lost J.J. Watt to retirement. Also, Zach Allen to the Denver Broncos. You talk about a guy that's 6'6", about 270, 275, physically scary. When the offensive linemen see him, but I will say this, he's going to need a little work. He plays a little high at times, but you heard Mel talk about those long arms and what you want as a, uh, out of a pass rusher is long arms so he can get away from those offensive linemen. So I like this pick for Arizona. It's definitely a need as well. Yeah, nobody questions the physicals on him. It's just a question of refining some of those tools. Yep. This is Gambo explaining his pick. All right, with the first pick in the 2024 Fitz and Harry mock draft. Oh, wait, that's next year the Cardinals will have the number one pick. Now they have the third <laughs> pick. Look, I wanted Will Anderson here. That, that's who the Cardinals want. That's who they should get. But the Houston guy grabbed him instead. I'd like to make a trade, but we're not doing trades on this one. So with the third pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Tyree Wilson Edge rusher, Texas Tech. I Cardinals love, will be picking first next year. I love his optimism there, Harry. That speaks <laughs> to everything the Cardinals are expecting. And that means our first three picks off the board. Bryce Young, Will Anderson Jr., Tyree Wilson, and time for the chimes. The Indianapolis Colts are on the clock, and that means ESPN NFL Nation Colts reporter Stephen Holder giving us the pick here. With the fourth pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Indianapolis Colts select C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Really good physical skills. He has a size, 6'3", 215. He has the arm strength. He has the accuracy to all three levels. 69% completion percentage over the last two years combined with 85 touchdowns and 12 picks. He's Aaron Rodgers at the college level. He does not throw interceptions. Now, you think about what he did against Georgia, using his legs more. He had zero rushing touchdowns over the last two years as a starting quarterback. He had six scrambles for 66 yards against Georgia. He only had 63 scramble yards combined the previous 12 games. If he can bottle what he did against Georgia, take that forward into the NFL, you're looking at a big-time starting quarterback at the pro level. The Colts and C.J. Stroud. Harry, what do you think of the matchup? Well, what a, first of all, what, what a luxury by the Colts to not have to move up and still have C.J. Stroud fall right into their laps. This team needs a franchise quarterback. Shane Steichen is the new head coach of this team. We've seen what he was able to do when he was with Jalen Hurts last year. Also, when he was with Justin Herbert, his rookie season. Jim Bob Cooter, their offensive coordinator, he was with Trevor Lawrence last year. So C.J. Stroud is going to be a, a thing for them to be able to work with moving forward. He's, he could throw the football with precision. He throws the football on time with anticipation. And his ball placement, I think, is his biggest strength. Now, I will say this. He showed in that Georgia game in the semifinal playoff game that he can utilize his legs. If Shane Steichen and company can get that out of C.J. Stroud within that, within that offense, this is going to be a really, really good, valuable pick for the Colts in their organization moving forward. Again, ESPN Colts reporter Stephen Holder. Here's his explanation of the pick. The thought process here, 
Pretty simple. The Colts have been at this, pecking away at this quarterback quandary since Andrew Luck walked out the door in 2019. They've had very little success and no long-term success in solving the problem. This, they think, hopefully, gives them an opportunity to finally get on track at the most important position in the game. Relatedly, C.J. Stroud provides new coach Shane Steichen with the kind of quarterback he is looking for. Steichen wants to install an aggressive downfield passing attack. C.J. Stroud demonstrated he can do that at Ohio State, but he also brings with it the ability to be accurate on short and intermediate throws as well. For the Colts, it's C.J. Stroud. So again, Bryce Young goes number one. Uh, we've got Will Anderson Jr. going number two. We've got Tyree Wilson going three, and then C.J. Stroud going four. Again, a caveat here. No trades were allowed, and we're using experts for each team to help us along with these top four picks so far. That's just a taste. We're going to get through all 32. The first round will be revealed pick by pick 31 after you count the forfeited pick by Miami. Thanks for making me do math. Next up, the godfather of mock drafts will react to the picks. We'll get his expertise. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The 2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Bryce Young is now minus 1,000 to go first overall. He went ahead and canceled a bunch of his upcoming interviews, so it looks like it's a done deal, him to Carolina. The ability that Anthony Richardson has is so unique. It is so unlike any other quarterback in this class. We're talking about a, a limitless feeling, and that's what makes you so excited. That's why I think he would go ahead of a Hendon Hooker, ahead of a Will Levis. And if we're sitting there in 10 days and he goes ahead of C.J. Stroud, I'm not going to fall out of my chair and be surprised. I've been lucky enough to cover the NFL draft for ESPN on the digital side for five, six years. I don't think I've ever seen a top of a draft that is as wildly disputed as this one is with only a week and a half to go. I don't know what to expect. I don't think anybody does. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And we just did the first edition of the Fitz and Harry mock draft. So we gave you picks one through four. Again, if you missed it, you can check it out in the podcast. But our idea here on this show, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the whole first round, but we're going to have local experts that cover the teams give us their best guess with no trades allowed. So in our mock draft, using those people, uh, first overall went Bryce Young, second overall for the Texans, not able to trade out with Will Anderson, third overall for the Cardinals, not able to trade went Tyree Will. Wilson, and then C.J. Stroud fell to four. So we're going to get some reaction to all of this. And my God, going through any draft process with a mock draft only makes me realize what a legend Mel Kuyper Jr. is. Because I don't know how the hell you do it. Mel, I, every time I get it, like a third of the way through it, my eyes gloss over and I think, what am I doing? I have no idea. So first and foremost, when you look at these picks, Bryce Young, then Will Anderson Jr. second, Tyree Wilson third, C.J. Stroud four. How did our experts do? 
Let me just say this. I created a monster with these mock drafts 45 years ago. I'm telling you, <laughs> I never thought it would be mock draft every day, every minute of every hour. Uh, uh, upgrades the same day to a mock like Michelle did. <laughs> and we as content creators appreciate that, man. I'm Come telling on. you. I'm telling you. I never thought it would get like this. But it is, and we deal with it. It's a lot of fun. And it's great to speculate. And I think the Bryce Young locked into one makes two on the clock. So now Houston becomes the new number one, right? And now we're looking at Will Anderson. They're not going to take C.J. Stroud. You know, Will Levis, is he hot now based on Vegas? I, you, know, you just listen to all this stuff. Lies abound this time of year, as you guys know. Uh, I love it where there's mystery going into the final days leading up to the draft. Mystery even on draft day. Uh, we always want to have the answers, but I say, why do we need the answers? We're going to find out pretty soon, and then we'll know. But I love the fact that right now, Two is kind of up in the air. Three is a trade possibility, but if they're stuck there, who do they take? What does Indy do? Just sit at four or make a move? And who is the quarterback they're targeting? We're going to find out all these fun answers, like I say, in what, a little over a week. Now, Mel, i got to ask you this. Adam Schefter said on NFL Live that it's possible that the second quarterback does not get, his, get his selected until the fourth pick. How could that change the entire draft uh, for C.J. Stroud? Also, for example, if he does not go into the fourth pick. Yeah, somebody Harry, is going to drop. I mean, you, you can't have all these guys going It's you know in the top six, seven, eight if, if this is the case. If, if, and Adam, if he's right. He's, he's got contacts everywhere. He knows what's going on. And if he's telling you that, then all of a sudden then Indy takes maybe QB2 for them or QB1. I mean, they may feel like, hey, there's a better quarterback than Bryce Young out there because of the size. Uh, that's a, a red flag. We'll take, we like somebody else better. Or if they, they worse, they're getting QB2. Um at four, then who go? Who's the third quarterback off the board? Is it Anthony Richardson? Is it Will Levis? Who takes that quarterback? I mean, if you're looking at now, Seattle doesn't have to. They have Geno. Detroit, no, they got Golf. Raiders have Jimmy G. Atlanta's got Ritter. You know, you know, looking down to Tennessee. It's t- I had Tennessee in, in with, I, we did that exercise yesterday, Todd and I. Had, I took Will Levis at eleven. Well, well, guess what? There's still a quarterback out there in Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. So it could be really interesting if Adam's right and the quarterbacks don't go, number one, to Houston and as the second pick overall, and then Arizona is forced to make a pick and doesn't trade to a team taking a quarterback, then, boy, I tell you, it's going to get wild. So we're talking to Mel Kuyper. Obviously, check out Darian Mel on ESPN Radio on the weekends too. And Mel – I keep looking at these quarterbacks thinking about trades, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, if we look at somebody like Joe Burrow, whatever you were going to have to pay to get Joe Burrow, you were going to pay it. It it just seemed like that made sense. Trevor Lawrence, you would pay it. When you just mentioned so many of these teams have a backup plan if they don't get the quarterback they want, is C.J. Stroud the caliber of quarterback you typically see in most years that is worth giving up future assets to go get? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, Justin Fields slid, and the Bears moved up from 20 to 11 to get him. Josh Allen was hated on before the draft, and the Buffalo Bills went up from 12 to 7 to get him. So, yeah, I would think, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud drops past Houston, and, and then all of a sudden, Will Levis drops, and then all of a sudden, Anthony Richardson drops. I think you're going to see there may not be teams early that for whatever reason decide – they don't want that guy, but there will be some teams trying to jump up to get those quarterbacks if they do start to slide. Tennessee being certainly one at 11, they may get lucky and see one slide to them. I didn't think Ben Roethlisberger years ago would get to 11 to Pittsburgh, but he did after Eli went one and Rivers went four. 
and Roethlisberger was rated ahead of Rivers on my rankings board, yet he dropped to 11. So sometimes Rodgers dropped to 24 three weeks before that draft. We thought he was going number one over Alex Smith. So, you know, sometimes the slide just happened because teams aren't prioritizing quarterback. They don't need one. They have some questions about these quarterbacks that we all know what those questions are. They take a positional need area, and the quarterbacks drop. Mel, how likely is it at 13 the New York Jets take a quarterback? Ooh. I, I, it depends on Aaron Rodgers, and you say, okay, well, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is there for a year or two, is Zach Wilson the guy? They're going to get ready. They seem to still have some hope that Zach could you know, be around Aaron, and maybe some of Aaron will rub off on, on, uh, on Zach. I, I, don't, I don't think they will. I think they want to use that pick on an O-lineman. That's the area. You're bringing Aaron, your offensive line still iffy. you got problems, right? So you yep. figure at 13 to get Broderick Jones or Paris Johnson Jr. and have that guy that can be a, a flexible tackle, can play both sides, uh, and, and then maybe in the second round look at an interior lineman. I think they're, they're gearing Joe Douglas is to help the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, not give up 13 because if 13 is still theirs, I believe they use it on an offensive lineman. Do you use it on a, you imagine Aaron Rodgers coming with a quarterback being taken at 13? I mean, well, nobody but, 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 but that's why I brought it up, though. Let's, let's just say hypothetically, you know, the deal is not going to go through. Let's just say it's not. At 13, who do you think would still be there outside of Hendon Hooker? Well, that's when you get into if Aaron Rodgers decides before the draft or something happens where this deal falls through, then the Jets move up from 13, more than likely. Uh, they would have, Or you sit there at 13, you take your chances, and based on this scenario, a quarterback may fall to them. So I, I, I believe Rodgers is going to be a Jet. Now, if it doesn't happen, then I would believe a quarterback could be in play. And the one we haven't mentioned yet, and I'm not as high on him as some are, is Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. I mean, Mike Tannenbaum had him going five in, a, in a, an exercise he did. Uh, I have him going the second round. Todd and I did the mock yesterday, and we had him in the second round. I thought late first to a team maybe trading in. So, yeah, if you want to stretch it a bit, you could take him. Uh, but there's really no other quarterback after Hendon Hooker. The six through 12 are all – yeah, we maybe get something three years from now. We may not. You think you're going to find Bach, Brock Purdy? Good luck on that one, okay? That just was a perfect situation, perfect team, right coach, right system, and Mr. Irrelevant becomes a, a star, right? Uh, that ain't going to happen. That's like finding the next Tom Brady in the sixth round. It never happened, guys. It just never happened since Tom Brady. So you, good luck with that idea, but it's going to be interesting. Like I said, a lot of these teams, and you even think about the late first. What does Tampa Bay do at 19? They have Baker. They have Trask. Are they going to be in the quarterback market? Uh, it's going to be really interesting. Is Baltimore going to do something at 22, knowing what the situation is with Lamar? So I think it's going to be a lot of mystery, a lot of fun, a lot of intrigue, and a lot of, a lot of big-time questions we have that we probably won't get answers till maybe even until late on Thursday night. Uh, Mel, we're out of time, so I got it, but I'm going to ask you this anyway because I don't care about the clock right now. For not selfish <laughs> reasons at all, uh, Gonzalez Witherspoon, like if you were to, I don't know, like the Raiders picking at seven and you were looking at Gonzalez or Witherspoon, just as a general example, uh, not, not asking selfishly at all, which uh, – how, how are we leaning on the corners here, Gonzalez? Or I'm leaning Witherspoon. Love the kid. I see why people like Gonzalez, but I'm having two. He's bigger, okay? And he had a heck of a year after that Georgia game. Witherspoon's only 181, 5'11 and a half. I get that. But I would go slightly Witherspoon over Gonzalez. And guess what, Jason? Don't worry about the clock. I don't own Darian Mel. I talk through hard outs. The clock doesn't matter. Just keep talking. Hey, I talk and say, remember, you do realize, Mel, you're not on the air. Oh, sorry. Just say sorry. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mel, always love. I, w- I wish I could just say. At my house.
us and watch you work during the draft, but I have to always record it and watch it back as you make us smarter. Thanks for hanging out with us as always, my friend. Great time. Enjoyed it, guys. Take care, man. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL draft expert, the creator of the mock draft, which really, frankly, for generations has given us content every single day. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Basically, do your wiper blades sound like my voice? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they'll install them for free. See better, drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at O'ReillyAuto.com. C.J. Stroud went fourth in our mock draft, and one expert thinks that can happen in the real draft next week. I'll tell you why they are absolutely wrong. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The 76ers take care of business at home, winning games one and two in Philadelphia. Now the series shifts to Brooklyn, where the Nets face a critical Game 3. Coverage begins Thursday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. NFL Draft. So you're ready for the draft. Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. With the first pick. I'm not sure what Evan does when this song plays because he is usually standing and we don't know. We can't tell. Standing as we speak. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series. And I am the real Slim Shady. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that at all, Harry. Like, see, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, (laughs) that's Evan. And, uh, like, I I don't know. This one's a little for the culture. Like, I got to stand up for for Eminem just a little bit because, you know, for for the culture of this. Like, I can't have have Evan out here saying he's the real Slim Shady. Like, that that doesn't. I'm him. (laughs) He tried it. He tried it. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. I'm him. I'm he, he is me. He tried it. I tried to get him to do it yesterday, Devin. Dev, and he would not do it. And he just tried to do it just then, and it's hilarious. Devin, Dev- please cut that because we know what that's going on Friday. Evan's please Hemi Neutron. He's Hemi Neutron. <laughs> Dev just made me sound like Tweety Bird. He just, he just made me sound like I Tweety didn't make Bird. you sound like anything. No, this is how you sound. Evan? <laughs> how did he say I'm him, Devin? How did he say it? I'm him. I, I, I just have it in my head. Maybe it's this time of year. I just feel like what we just heard was Evan's reaction if he walks in the room and there's like a Cadbury cream egg or something. It's just like that level of like, I'm him. So it's like a little kid with joy. I, it's just a it, little kid with joy, Evan. It's, I, I mean, it was so much oh, love and man. respect, though. Uh, look, Evan, you tried, though. Yeah, I, I, I gave you an no. eighth for an effort. Uh, just an eighth and effort, though. Okay, swaggy E? Is that the new we're just going to go swag instead of Easy well, well, E? Now well, he's swaggy? No, no, no. I call him Easy E. Easy E is a, is, a, is a staple for well, me. Well, that, that, is, that is fair, but I don't think there could be two people that were more polar opposites in the lives they lived than one Easy E <laughs> and actual Evan. But Evan's True like, story. I don't know. I'm, I'm really weighing True. it one way or the other. True story. But, Go ahead. No, no, go. I thought you had something. Story time? Do we need story no, no, time? No, no, we didn't need. No, no, he was just saying that's a true story. Oh. That was mm-hmm. a, 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 a. Never mind. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> you think we've lost our minds? Adam Schefter is making us look like we are on the rails when he says this about the NFL draft and what could happen. We've seen Carolina make the move up right away 
right away for a quarterback at one. But we haven't seen anybody trade up to two when Houston's open to listening. We haven't seen anybody trade up to number three because you know what? I think Indianapolis thinks there's a real chance right now that they could sit right where they are at four and get potentially the second quarterback in this draft. There's a chance we might not see a quarterback go at two or even three, and there might not be a team that you trades mean, up because the value in that what? isn't what we thought it would be. So Indianapolis <laughs> may be sitting there with its pick in the litter, Anthony so Richardson or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. Adam Schefter's lost his damn mind. Like, and I love the guy. It's just, <laughs> it's just lost his mind. Like, at this point, Lion season's got to Shefty. That's the only thing I can figure out here because hear me out. The reason that we've seen nobody trade for the second overall pick here is because we still don't know definitively who the number one overall pick is. Vegas says it's going to be uh, Bryce Young. Our experts say it's going to be C.J. Stroud. Nobody knows. How can the second pick have value till you know who the first pick is off the board? Now, if the Texans really want to trade down, there are too many teams every year that are desperate and thirsty for a quarterback. For me to sit there and think, well, two and three are going to be defensive players off the board. No way. There is no way in hell, in my mind, that C.J. Stroud suddenly isn't picked second and then a team like the Raiders isn't looking to move up to third. I just can't find that's, that logic. That's where I was going to take it, like the Raiders, especially if C.J. Stroud isn't taking that one, right? I think you look at that team as, as being one that can move up and potentially, you know, try to go get C.J. Stroud. Also, I think the Colts, you can't just count them out. The Tennessee Titans at 11, if C.J. Stroud is on the board and they're in the position where they can go trade up and try to get him as well. So I don't think you can count on anything right now at this moment and anything can happen. We, we do know that about draft night, but I think the quarterbacks are going to run. I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, two defensive players after the number one pick and then, you know, the, the Colts have three quarterbacks at their disposal um, in which they're trying to pick from. Yeah, I mean, uh, Devin pointed out as we were getting ready for the show today that the Caesars odds on Will Levis becoming the second overall pick in the draft are flying up the board. What that really tells all of us is that nobody knows. And if nobody knows, I keep using the ice cream analogy, but you know darn well if you were sitting seventh in line and there were only four scoops of ice cream left that you want, there's only one scoop you want, there's only four scoops available you got to wait and see what the first scoop is before you figure out what the trade value of the second scoop. Like, if you're all in on Bryce Young, if that's the only player you covet and he goes first overall, then you don't want to trade down number two. But if you're all in on C.J. Stroud, then all of a sudden there's going to be a run of teams looking to trade to move up. This is simple. Now, can I say this? Can I say this really quick? Yeah. Selfishly, for our show that we're doing for the NFL Draft, would we love the suspense? Of course. Because that's going to make for great TV and great stuff for us to talk about. No, 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 no. Let's be very clear. If C.J. Stroud is on the board at two, I want the Raiders to move up. If he's on the board at three, I want the Raiders to move up. You know me. I've been honest about the fact that the Raiders stink and they don't have a good enough oh, roster for a quarterback. Right. But we if do CJ's have that to, bet oh, going on. Oh, man. All right. It's must win, not just for me on draft night, but for one team trying to win a championship. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 